The United States Supreme Court ruled in a case being hailed as a win for the states, the unlikely hero and plaintiff, the U.S. Territory of Guam. A look at how the ruling in Guam v. United States will guide interpretation of the federal Superfund law in this episode of That's It, That's All. You are listening to That's It, That's All with Sean DiMatato. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is That's It, That's All with Sean Gimitautau. The voice you are hearing, Sean Gimitautau. The podcast is brought to you by Get LLC, a Micronesia-based consulting and specialty construction materials and supplies firm. Do you need advice in rolling out your company marketing plan? Need an energy-efficient upgrade to your commercial building? Get LLC can help support your business. Learn more on their website at get-guam.com. Hello to those listeners of the podcast in Boynton, the county seat of Mecklenburg County in Southern Virginia. The listenership continues to grow with each episode, including those now listening in Delray Beach, Florida, and Barstow, California. Can't forget to recognize the listeners across my island home, especially those in the heart of Island Guahan in Piti, especially those up the hill in Nimitz Towers. And I cannot forget the listeners from my childhood home in San Leandro, California. Hafiday to you all, near and far. The podcast has a very simple format. Let That's It, That's All keep you company as you travel from one end of Paradise Guam to the other. Download the podcast ahead of your next gym workout, road trip, or ahead of that busy work on your computer. We could not do all of this without our good friends at RedCircle.com and pushing out the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Amazon Music. Don't forget That's It, That's All can also be found on the iHeartRadio app and Pandora. Like, subscribe, or follow the podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I hope this is one of them. Show the support by clicking those subscribe and follow buttons right now. This week was a significant one for the United States Supreme Court. Many observers and legal scholars of the nation's high court were quick to point out two back-to-back unanimous decisions that came from justices. One of them in particular, a ruling on how the Comprehensive Environmental Response Compensation and Liability Act is interpreted. The 40-year-old federal CERCLA law, commonly known as the Superfund law, was enacted to mitigate the cleanup of thousands of contaminated sites across America where hazardous waste had been dumped left out in the open, or otherwise improperly managed. Many of these sites exist from Rhode Island to the island of Guam, which includes areas within manufacturing facilities, processing plants, landfills, and mining sites. The contaminants in these sites pose risks to human health and the environment. In 1980, Congress passed the CERCLA law, mandating that the United States Environmental Protection Agency contribute to the cleanup of these contaminated sites across the country. Additionally, the act forces the parties responsible for the contamination to either perform cleanups or 
reimbursed the government for EPA-led cleanup work. Bottom line, the Superfund does much to protect human health and the environment, involve communities in the Superfund process, and return those sites to productive use. This week's ruling on CERCLA is the second such action by the U.S. Supreme Court in a year. The 2020 ruling focused on the contribution provision of the law in Atlantic Richfield Co. versus Christian. The federal contribution was described by Justice Samuel Alito as, quote, a puzzle with pieces that are exceedingly difficult, if not impossible, to fit together. Close quote. The story of Guam v. United States started 38 years ago when the EPA placed the ORDOT dump in central Guam on the CERCLA national priorities list for cleanup. Actually, this story would take us a bit farther back than that. Following the liberation of Guam from Japanese occupation in 1944, the U.S. Navy committed to raise the island up from the ashes of World War II. The U.S. Navy led reconstruction efforts here. The stories from our Manamku were varied on this effort. Yes, reconstruction brought the first wave of professional workers to build water, power, and road systems. But the reconstruction brought with it heavy equipment to push war-related debris away to allow resettlements of once populated areas. While the effort reclaimed parts of the island, in the case of the Orda dump, it became 40 acres in the heart of the island where all waste would be managed by military planners, including artillery shells, munitions, and hazardous chemicals, all in the name of the modernization of a post-war Guam. The U.S. Navy was named by EPA as a potentially responsible party for the site in 1988. In a stunning move, rather than using federal Superfund money to clean up the site, the federal government would sue the government of Guam in 2002 under the Clean Water Act to stop pollution leaching from the post-World War II era dump from contaminating a nearby river. The suit shocked this American community. The federal case reached its apex two years later as Guam settled with the EPA by entering into a consent decree, by closing and covering the dump and mitigating the water pollution in the area. In 2017, a new administration of the government of Guam would sue the federal government for their share of the contribution costs of this EPA action. The U.S. Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Circuit would rule that the 2004 consent decree was a settlement that limited rights to contribution and, adding insult to injury, ruled Guam's contribution action was barred by a three-year statute of limitations that ran from the date of the settlement. In layman's terms, the Navy dumped it, and sorry Guam, you have to foot the bill. The High Court appeal went through fits and starts following the 2017 federal court ruling. Plenty of fodder for a podcast on its own. But the appeal did make it through to the Supreme Court docket. What was this particular effort up against? Federal courts of appeals see more than 50,000 cases each year. 
10% or fewer of those decisions are appealed to the U.S. Supreme Court, which in turn hears oral arguments in fewer than 100 cases annually. Guam attorneys prepared. Federal government attorneys dug in. A boost of an amicus brief filed on March 1, 2021 by attorneys general from 24 states, the District of Columbia, and the CNMI stressing states' rights came just before oral arguments were presented on April 26, 2021. It was 52 minutes of arguments before the highest court in the land. Locally, news of the back and forth before the U.S. Supreme Court focused on the argument of the federal government paying its fair share of closing the ORDOT dump and the opening of a new modern sanitary landfill that was paid for by the government of Guam, a shared liability. Counsel for Guam and a former U.S. Solicitor General, Gregory Garr, argued, quote, The bottom line is that the United States wants to have its cake and eat it too. It sued Guam under the Clean Water Act in order to insulate itself from liability for its own role at the ORDOT dump, allegations that must be accepted as true. And now it wants to block Guam's actions to recover a portion of its cleanup costs by saying that the party's settlement under the Clean Water Act somehow barred a CERCLA contribution claim there is no basis in CERCLA, the common law of contribution, or anything else the government relied upon in its brief or today at oral argument to allow the United States to get away with that ploy here. Close quote. Four weeks later, a unanimous decision, an opinion authored by Justice Clarence Thomas, the Supreme Court agreed that Guam could seek contribution from the U.S. Navy for the cost of cleaning up the ORDOT dump, that site on the island that the U.S. Navy created and used for decades, supporting every resident, including themselves, who call Guam home. This podcast is sponsored by Get LLC, a consulting and specialty construction materials and supplies firm. Since 2012, they have provided valuable services to their customers across Micronesia and North America. Check them out on the World Wide Web at get-guam.com. They have a presence on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, too. Get LLC. Find out today how they can best serve your business's specific needs. The signing of the Organic Act of Guam in 1950 seems to have brought more than just a new community to join the American family. It brought with it the transfer of the Orda dump of the United States Navy to then Guam Governor Carlton Skinner and the new government of Guam. Year after year, both the Navy, the Air Force soon after, and the people of Guam used the Orda dump to dispose of every type of waste imaginable. With each year came more waste. The piles would grow. The dump started to resemble more of a trash mountain which rose from the nearby Lonfit River, the subject of the whole EPA case and Clean Water Act violations with each passing day. With the trash came fires. 
with the dump fires came health concerns from those living nearby. After years of trying to mitigate the local environmental problem, in April 1994, then-Governor of Guam Joe Atta signs a local law that required the Guam Department of Public Works to close the dump by April 25, 1997. The next couple of years would pass with much of the same. More trash, local and military families continued dumping into the ORDOT dump. Even local corporations and federal contractors did the same. Dump fires became more regular during the island's dry season. Finally, in August 2002, the U.S. government files a lawsuit to force Guam to close the ORDOT dump as environmental regulators found that the dump was leaking contaminants into the Lonfit River. By February 2004, and well into last year, the U.S. District Court of Guam issues a consent order in which GovGuam agreed to cease the discharge of pollutants from the dump, to close the dump within 45 months, and begin the implementation of a post-closure plan, each hearing attended by government leaders. Quarterly visits to the dump and new landfill filled schedules. The court even appointed a federal receiver. The litigation, well-documented, with someone to write about this particular part of Guam's history, for sure. There was a part of the process that I wanted to share on the podcast that I had intimate experience with. It is the summer of 2009. The government borrows $202 million on the bond market to close the dump and build a new landfill mandated by the federal court. In order to make the payments, then-Governor of Guam Felix Camacho met with local military officials in Guam and the leadership of the Pentagon in Washington, D.C. to get their commitment to pay. As Deputy Chief of Staff and Federal Policy Advisor, I arranged those meetings. And to make the long story short, Governor Camacho got the commitment from DOD to pay for their share of the ORDA dump. But the approvals of the military brass were only part of the equation. A commitment to pay and actual paying are two different things. An MOU here, a handshake there, a nod from Congress in D.C., or when visiting Guam during congressional delegations. We all thought this payment setup and agreement was good to go. Even the design of the new landfill at Luzon addressed military volume and proximity to the basis for the new facility. 2010 comes and goes without a word on the payment as DOD was leveraging their operational funds for a tipping fee to the new landfill in southern Guam. A lot of talking, just not enough doing. 2011 welcomes a new governor and whole new approach to the ORDOT dump matter. The administration of Guam Governor Eddie Calvo did attend the federal court briefings at first. He did so with a bit of hesitancy on this policy matter. He felt it made no sense. The whole consent decree, as he believed and said publicly on many occasions, that the feds had a lot to do with ORDOT and GovGuam couldn't bear the full costs. In March 2017, Governor Calville told KUAM News, quote, We're always going to have to pay for the management of a solid waste program on Guam. That's what government does. But the $200 million 
we've had to put in is the basis on which we filed a CERCLA lawsuit against the U.S. Navy. And that lawsuit is just beginning. And I hope I'm around before that case. Rather, I hope that I stay around as that case gets concluded. Close quote. Attorney General of Guam, Levin Camacho, noted that the opinion in Guam's favor in Guam v. United States is more about justice than it is about contribution. In a press conference on May 25, 2021, A.G. Camacho noted the precise legal question was whether or not the Clean Water Act consent decree triggers your time to file a CERCLA claim, saying, quote, we have to accept our own responsibility for what has happened at the dump. There is no doubt about that. But at this point, we had been held 100% responsible for all of the cleanup costs at ORDOT, and the number that is going to be fair is greater than zero. So again, I cannot give you an exact percentage, but I know it is greater than what has been offered at this point and what has been paid at this point. Close quote. A breakdown of the cost is being researched. Also, what was dumped in the dump and to prove it in trial is still to come. The recent activities, to include the opinion, brings it all together, ending a rather long litigation. Or does it? Some observers feel that the process to clean up the largest environmental disaster in the island's history really is just getting started. This podcast is sponsored by Get LLC, a consulting and specialty construction materials and supplies firm. Since 2012, they have provided valuable services to their customers across Micronesia and North America. Check them out on the World Wide Web at get-guam.com. They have a presence on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram too. Get LLC. Find out today how they can best serve your business's specific needs. Wall Street Journal columnist William McGurn wrote this week that 72-year-old Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas is, quote, coming into his own. McGurn surmised that with a conservative 6-3 majority on the high court, Chief Justice John Roberts switching sides and voting with the liberals on any given case won't be enough to win the day, and Thomas, with his seniority, would then get to write the majority opinion, adding, quote, Thomas has made powerful contributions through his dissents, concurrences, and other commentary. Close quote. In a recent interview, Attorney Garr told the New York Times that Thomas is an excellent questioner, saying, quote, His questions are clear, fair, and focused on resolving the heart of the dispute before the court, not tangential issues. Often, his questions have a practical element to them testing the real-world ramifications of a party's position. He's not trying to set traps or debate academic issues. Close quote. He was engaged during the oral arguments in Guam v. United States. His measured and straightforward questions appear to have been shining through as of late. Justice Thomas wrote the court's opinion rejecting the U.S. Navy's argument that because the Clean Water Act settlement involved pollution from the Orda dump, it fell under its three-year statute of limitations. Justice Thomas wrote, quote, To be sure, as the government points out, 
remedial measures that a party takes under another environmental statute might resemble steps taken in a formal CERCLA response action, but relying on that functional overlap to interpret the phrase resolve its liability for some or all of a response action to mean settled an environmental liability that might have been actionable under CERCLA would stretch the statute beyond Congress's actual language. Close quote. The decision was, quote, a win for plain meaning statutory interpretation and avoiding traps for the unwary, close quote, in settlements involving environmental law liability. Ben Macklis, an attorney specializing in environmental law with the firm of Dorsey and Whitney, said in a statement published by Stars and Stripes on May 26, 2021. In an opinion analysis by the online scotusblog.com website, Robert Percival called the unanimous decision on the Superfund law refreshing. Director of the Environmental Law Program at the University of Maryland School of Law, Percival observed what he liked about the court's decision is that it reversed a lower court that reached what it had admitted was a harsh result. Percival wrote, quote, at a time when it seems inevitable that the court will contribute to sharp political disagreements over abortion, gun rights, and other divisive social issues, the Guam decision shows that it is not impossible for the justices to reach consensus over how to interpret a major environmental law without ideological divisions. One can only hope that this will not be the last time this happens. Close quote. Some have surmised that Guam v. United States will not have far-reaching ramifications for the federal government, specifically the United States Department of Defense. I would beg to differ. I believe that the U.S. Supreme Court case will prove significant for years to come. It's about time. Many across the territory have been frustrated with how Guam can be a part of the American family for 71 years, but treated as second-class citizens for the past seven decades. We see such with legislation, that formula bases our share in federal programs to serve our underserved, and many other social programs. But no one takes a second look when young men and women from Guam sign up to serve in every branch of the armed forces in the largest numbers serving per capita in the United States. Many have even paid the ultimate price in fighting for democracy, an even higher price to pay to serve our country. It took decades for the citizens of the 49th and 50th states to be able to stand equally on all matters American. For our Alaskan and Hawaiian big brothers, that fight still continues on many fronts. For the U.S. territories of Puerto Rico, American Samoa, the U.S. Virgin Islands, the Commonwealth of the Northern Mariana Islands, and Guam, the recent Guam v. United States could finally begin the process to close the gap with equity and parity with our brothers and sisters in the U.S. mainland. Is Justice Thomas being helpful to all Americans? In the case of Guam v. United States, from my layman's point of view, yes. I leave this podcast with this last tidbit from Guam v. United States. Thomas wrote, quote, A contribution suit 
does not exist in a vacuum, but rather is a tool for apportioning the burdens of a predicate common liability among the responsible parties. Close quote. Thomas, let advocates advocate. That's it. That's all. If you enjoyed this podcast, download, press subscribe, or follow us right now. More great content is on the way. Talk to you soon. The That's It, That's All podcast is produced by Sean Gamatato. Executive producer is Trisha Gamatato. Hit the subscribe or follow button and leave a review. Thanks for listening.